flesh cry out for the living God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. This is God's house. And God has brought two pastors to lead the people in this house. Pastor Allen and Pastor Mark. In 1992, Pastors Appreciation Month started. And the purpose of it was to uplift and encourage ministers. But you know, there's some pastors and there's some pastor wives that are against Pastor Appreciation Month. That might sound kind of strange, but listen to this question. Uh, Mary Ellen and Marla, uh, if you can hear me, Marla, do you want people to only thank your husband one month out of the year? No, of course not. And we as a church should be mindful to lift up and encourage our pastors every month of the year. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray. Lord, you have done amazing things for all of us. We love you. We thank you so much for being here with us. We thank you for giving us your spirit and your word. And we pray now, Lord, that you'll help us to listen to you. You'll help us to learn from you. And you'll help us to seek your will more than we have. Draw us nearer to yourself, we ask in Christ's name. Amen. What really is a pastor? We know we have some over here, but what actually is a pastor? A pastor is a preacher and a teacher and a counselor an advisor and a friend, a social worker, psychologist, and the list goes on and on. And also, is it true you two are human? Is that right? Just wanted to confirm that. <clears throat> now, most people who have a job, you have a job description. And the job description is put together by the boss. Well, God himself has given a job description for pastors. And I'd like you to turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And let's see what God's job description is for pastors. Ephesians chapter 4, and I'm going to start at the end of verse 12. Pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Wow! What would you think if that was your job description? That's why pastors so often pray, Lord, help me! Look at, what, look at this job description. Go back to verse 12. To prepare God's people. And I'm not talking about UBC, but there are some people in some churches that need a lot of preparing. And that God says for the pastors to prepare God's people for works of service. And can you imagine a pastor looking up and say, Lord, they don't want to serve. What am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to prepare people for works of service and they don't want to serve. 
And it says, until we all reach unity. And you know, even among elders, a small group of people that are godly, it's often hard to have unity. And yet, God's job description for pastors is to have unity in the local church. And to become mature. We're all in different processes, but this is a job description to help people reach maturity, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And pastors that are honest to say, Lord, I'm far from the full measure of Christ, and yet you want me to do this with everyone in the church? And God says, yes, I do. Keep working. You know, it's interesting to me that the word pastor is only one time in the Bible. Of the whole Bible, only one time. And this is it, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. <clears throat> However, in the New Testament, in the Greek language, the word for pastor actually means shepherd. And the word shepherd means to care for, to have concern for, and to lead. There's two other words that also can refer to the position of pastor, and that's of an elder, and an overseer. And I'd like us to turn to 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 4. To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder, a witness of Christ's sufferings, and one who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not greedy for money, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. So, pastors, if you are interested in receiving an eternal crown of glory, there you go, verse 2 and 3. And it's yours. <clears throat> verse 2, be shepherds of God's flock. Wait a minute, whose flock is this? This is God's flock. Don't let any pastor tell you otherwise. This is God's flock that is under the care of the overseer, serving as overseers, not because you must. Now, Pastor Allen and Pastor Mark, i got to ask you, did somebody force you to become pastor here? No, I mean, you guys didn't, like, lose a bed or something, did you? And you're required to serve so many years as pastor? No. So do you know they're here voluntarily? They, they chose to come here. No one forced them. They're serving willingly. And, and not to lord it over those entrusted, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Now, I don't really know. I know what a crown is because I've seen them before on TV. But a crown of glory that's eternal I don't actually really know what that is, but it's yours if you do verse 2 and 3. That sounds pretty important, doesn't it? Eternal crown of glory. Now turn to Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20, and Paul is speaking to the elders, to the pastors of the Ephesian church. 
Acts chapter 20, and look at verse 28. Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he brought with his own blood. Now it's interesting, as Paul is speaking to the pastors of the Ephesian church, the first thing he says is that, now I want you to watch over your wives. No. Does he say, I want you to watch over your children? No. They say, I want you to watch those deacons. You've got to watch those guys. He says, no. The first thing that Paul says is, I want you to watch over yourselves. Isn't that very interesting? The pastors are first to watch over themselves. 1 Timothy 4.16 says, watch your life and doctrine closely. Sometimes pastors can be so busy helping us, they neglect their own spiritual health. And we can't allow that to happen. We have to make sure that our pastors have enough time for their own personal devotions. Because you're not going to have a healthy church if you have sick pastors. Go back to verse 28. Keep watch over yourselves and how many of the flock? All, uh-oh, sorry pastors, there's a few in the back, I know they're rough. <clears throat> but this passage says they're supposed to be overseer over all the flock, of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of who? Again, this is God's church, which he bought with the price of his son. <clears throat> First Titus, excuse me, Titus chapter 1 verse 7 says, as an overseer is entrusted with God's work. Can you imagine the creator of the universe entrusts pastors with his work? What kind of responsibility is that on their shoulders? Now listen to Proverbs chapter 27 verse 23. Be sure you know the condition of your flocks. Give careful attention to your herds. And in the Hebrew, that word condition actually means face. So what it's saying is, be sure you know the faces of your flocks. Now, I thought all sheep look like sheep. But if you look close, one of them's got a little bigger ear, one's got a wrinkle over here. And so what, the, what Scripture is telling is that the pastor should know everyone in their church in a personal way. That takes time, and that takes meeting together. And the second part of that says give careful attention to, literally means one's inner being, the heart and soul. So this is saying that pastors are to give their heart and soul to helping people in the local church. Now, for them to have that kind of dedication, that kind of commitment, what response should we have? Listen to Paul in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12 and 13. He says, Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to respect those who work hard among you. That's the first thing, is that we always need to respect our pastors. 
Now, does that mean we agree with everything they say or do? Of course not. But no matter what, we're always to respect our pastors who are over you in the Lord and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard. It doesn't say hold them in the lowest regard. Hold them in the medium regard. It says hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. Okay, now I want us to play Simon Says. If you've never played Simon Says before, that's okay. When I say Simon Says, you do what I say. Everybody got that, all right? So Simon Says, stand up. Simon Says, look up. Simon Says, look down. Simon Says, look at me. Simon Says, raise your right hand. Simon says, put down your right hand. You guys are very good. Great. Thank you very much. You can sit down. Ah, ah. Some people aren't following instructions. I got you. All right. Simon says, please sit down now. Now, now listen. We all like playing Simon Says, especially when you get to be Simon. But you know what? I don't think any of us would like to be around a pastor who's Simon Says person. Someone who's only giving orders all the time. You think, wow, this doesn't seem right. That's extreme. And listen to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 20, verse 25 and 26. And you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them, but not so with you. Jesus goes on to say, if you want to be a leader of the people, you need to be a servant of the people. Now, the other extreme is for a pastor to say, do whatever you want. You want to sin, that's okay. Now, our flesh might like to hear that. But it goes against our spirit. It goes against God's word. And listen to 2 Timothy 4.3. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. So what kind of leaders, what kind of pastors do we want here at this church? I think we all would agree we want a pastor who can say, like Paul did in 1 Corinthians 11.1, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. There's no better leader than someone who wants to fully follow Jesus. God says in Jeremiah 3 verse 15, I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will lead you with knowledge and understanding. Now, in the book, First Kings, you see many leaders, but they've won in two categories. Scripture either says that he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, or he did evil in the eyes of the Lord. It comes down to whether his heart was fully devoted to the Lord or not. Now, I want us to be reminded that our pastors are human, and I don't know if you've ever been in a room with a large group of pastors together. Some of them start talking. 
And a pastor might begin by saying, you know, we just finished our expansion project and now we have a whole city block. And then someone else stands up and says, well, next year our budget will be over $2 million. And then another comes forward and says, next Sunday will be our third service we've added for worship. Then the one with the biggest chest, the biggest chest comes forward and he says, my sanctuary holds over 5,000 people. Do you know what Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8 and 9, what God says? For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so far are my ways and thoughts different than yours. And you know, I don't think when God evaluates churches, he's not going to see how big was your church. I think God's going to look to see how big are the hearts of the people in your church. I want to say that again. In the evaluation of churches around the world, I don't think it's going to be in how big the church was, but I think it'll be how big are the hearts of the people in your church. And I know for a fact there's some very big hearts in this church. <clears throat> Our pastors are like an iceberg. I don't know if you've heard this before. Our pastors are like an iceberg because during the week we only see a small part of what they do. And we need to never take our pastors for granted. These are men who love Jesus, and these are men who want to serve the body of Christ. And not only do they want people in uptown community to come to Jesus, they want people around the world to come to Jesus. And uptown has always had a reputation of being a place of diversity, and these two men have carried that on, and they've lived that out. Now, Pastor Allen and Pastor Mark are men of many gifts, but I don't think they have a gift of being a mind reader. Maybe not yet. <clears throat> and so since they don't have that gift, those of us who have a burden, who have a struggle, who have a praise, call them up. Get together with them. Allow the pastors to talk with you, to pray with you, to cry with you, to laugh with you. And when you do that, that will encourage yourself and will encourage them. And the last verse I want to share, it's the last verse in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. This is for all of us. But continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor. I want to say Pastor Bob. He was my pastor for this morning, for sure. What a blessing to hear the Word of God from Brother Bob Eshman. Word of God to our hearts. Let's stand.